Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Caleb. And I'm Colin. This week, Toronto in crisis, but not really. Dallas in crisis, yes, really. And Minnesota are halfway decent, really. So guys, I have a confession to make. Oh no. I, I, I knew this was a reality yeah. show, but I wasn't ready to accept it until this moment. Shouldn't you be in your own little room facing a camera while you do this? Um, I mean, I probably should be just like facing a like windowless box with okay. like the like screen in between. And I assume a priest is on the other side. Um, the reason that I missed the podcast last week is because I knew that. Every single sentence that I would say would start with the phrase, I fucking saw Jawbreaker last weekend. I mean, I see Jawbreakers every time I go to the candy store. No, 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 not Jawbreakers. Jawbreaker. Oh, you only saw one? Oh, trust me. It was at least like one of those like Ed, Ed, and Eddie Jawbreakers that was like enormous and as big as their bodies. Um, I assume that Blake Schwarzenbach has one of those. And I would love to see it, but uh huh. And that was as euphemistic as possible. Yeah, we we, we, we got you. it. We got uh, it. <laughs> so I went to Riot Fest, and I still cannot believe. Even it's been ten days since I saw Jawbreaker. I saw you keep saying that. Explain. So, so Jawbreaker were a band in the very late eighties through the early nineties mm-hmm. that. It never quite broke out of that punk scene that was coming up when Nirvana were big and then all of a sudden Green Day were big. Jawbreaker was going to be that next band that got huge. They were really militantly indie until they realized that they had way too many problems as it was. Signed to a major label to kind of like that failing marriage that has a kid sort of thing that always works out though oh totally totally um the resulting record sounded a little bit too poppy so they're like true punks sort of fans didn't like it and it didn't get quite as much acclaim and then they broke up despite the fact that dear you that record was probably one of the best pop punk albums that's ever come out. And it's actually very much critically recognized as one of the best pop punk records front to back that has ever happened. They then proceeded to be split up for 21 years and nobody thought they would ever get back together until Riot Fest. And I saw it and oh my God, it it was... Think of it basically as like that, like BC AD sort of shift. I saw Jawbreaker, and I'm in like so. This is like week one. I'm in AJ. like I'm in like day ten. Day ten, AJ. Yeah. <laughs> so so I mean, at this point, do we even need to talk about soccer? Let's. I mean, this. I think, no, no. I think I'm like, learning about amazing music history about the United States pop punk scene. I mean, that should be a different podcast. This is me and Colin talking about that. Yeah. Hey, what about? 
You have your Star Trek podcast. We have our music podcast. It's Actually, even. Yeah, we could do that. I'm trying to call the Star Trek podcast, by the way. Maybe I'm going to suggest it to my colleagues. You call it We Watch Star Trek Voyager. So we start all of our podcasts with We. So what would you call your, your pop-up podcast? We Riot? Um, that might get you into trouble with the DHS. Yeah, yeah. probably. Um Failing V-Ride podcast causing so many problems in the Twin <laughs> Cities. Losers, Caleb and Colin, ruining young minds. I mean, I, I know mean, I'm that's on the, That's the goal of the podcast, though, is to ruin and corrupt young minds with... Okay, so, so, so give, yeah. give, give this podcast of yours some thought, uh, what you'd like to call it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll get back to the soccer on this one. We call it soccer. At least that's what I think I'm here for. So, <laughs> first let's start with our segment where we talk about Minnesota United, a segment that we call... Loon monitoring. This week, Minnesota United fixed all of their problems. Adrian Heath has become a world-class coach. Our team is fantastic. Everything is good in this world. We are going into the playoffs. We're going to win the MLS Cup. I mean, who says we don't overreact on this podcast? Yeah. (laughs) So, but in all seriousness, a fantastic 4-1 win for the Loons. Mm -hmm. Um Following up on, on a on a less than stellar result in Dallas in April, which I was there for. Um, far better experience this time. I think I mentioned in the pod that was my least favorite game ever to right. attend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, plenty of <laughs> plenty of ancillary reasons why that game was terrible. And um, why this one was even better for me. So so talk to me about what you enjoyed the most watching the Loons play this game. What was um, different? Um They um, seemed to be more cohesive in attack. Yeah. Um, there was purpose with every ball um they were either switching the field trying to bring the defense out and then attack they were constantly probing with their passes and their runs um you you could tell that with our first opening goals they were kind of if you watch Ibarra run to his goal the defense is stationary he runs straight through them to the to the ball they're there was just so much movement and so much probing and prodding that once we found an opening, we broke through. And uh, Ramirez's goal was basically the same way. Both of Dunlady's really good chances, including the goal that he had, were basically the same way. And you know, this was very much a masterclass in cutting through a defense with your passing. So another big point here is that. This is probably still the healthiest Minnesota United team that we've had in a very, very long time. Since the beginning of the season, yeah, probably. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we also saw Miguel Ibarra get the start. And so, so, Damon Earl. Yep. Yep. And so what, what's changed with ha- us having now Ibarra as a regular starter? Because Adrian Heath, obviously, being a little bit more reticent to play him midway through the season, mm-hmm. that's been turned around in the last couple of games. I think um, having him in there, he has chemistry with Ramirez, obviously. Um, he has chemistry with Ibsen. Um, I think he's growing that chemistry now with Birch. They haven't really played together that much with Birch being out for a long period of time and Medell not starting every single game when mm-hmm. Birch was healthy. Um, I think it made Sartad that much more dangerous when we can have that option to bring Nicholson off the bench for a runoff for 20 minutes because he has that pace to come out. So Ibarra, even though he didn't get subbed off in this game because he were up 4-1 probably, but if we were tied and Ibarra can goes out in the pitch going knowing I have 65 minutes to play, I'm going to play them my hardest and give it off my all because Sammy's going to come in at, at that point and 
do his uh, work, it gives him that much more of an edge and that much more of a kind of killer instinct. So I can take this chance and pro- probably this goal or take this chance and get this assist. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, one thing to also note, uh, during his radio show tonight, actually, Adrian Heath did mention that Miguel seems to be understanding more of the systemic, where am I supposed to be at this certain point sorts of things with Heath being kind of a, I want this player to know exactly where in the ideal situation that every single player is going to be on the field and then be able to react to that. I think that's helped Miguel Mm-hmm. It certainly seemed as though he knew the exact spots to be in each situation. I th- it also occurs to me that the loons showed a bit of fortitude in this game um, in, in a really good way where Akindele puts Dallas up. I think all of us in the stadium, our hearts kind of went to that special place that it's been going many, many times. So we've been at TCF Bank. It was another game uh, where it was they... It a very familiar place. Yeah, they, right. didn't, and, and we, they didn't show up the first 15 minutes. Oh my goodness. So, what happened now? But they turned that around by, by getting the goals. Dunladi didn't let one terrible um, ball off the post stop him and got the amazing breakaway again and gets the goal. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in a bunch of ways, in, in several different ways... Minnesota United showed themselves mentally capable of hanging in there and really thrashing Dallas, which is which is really good. Uh, let's talk about Dallas, though, because we're not going to talk about them again in this show, uh, as you've noted here uh, in, in the show notes. Yeah. Um, what the fuck happened to Dallas? Right. I think um, people wanted to move from Dallas. Uh, Rudy had a bid in for him. Um, Tyler Costa wants to leave. Their top player is during the summer transfer window, had bids in for them. Uh, and I think that wanting to leave has kind of let them in the lurch at Dallas. Either their mind or they're not fully into the game when they're playing. They're trying to focus in on, like, will I go? Will I stay? You know, it's kind of that kind of limbo that they're in at the moment. And it should be noted that since Minnesota has played Dallas the first time um, back at uh, FC Dallas and Fristo, um, mm-hmm. the uh, Minnesota has more wins yeah. during that stretch, and now they're even on wins for the season with nine. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to point out also this. This is me actually coming in and tempering the enthusiasm just a little bit. <laughs> Minnesota United's healthy, <laughs> you team, bastard, healthy team still hides a lack of depth, mm-hmm. and we have beaten two opponents who were on really rotten runs of form. Now Montreal turned that around in spectacular form. After we Fantastic. beat him, we will talk about uh, that, we, later. which we will get to. Uh, so, so, so we do need to keep that in mind. But going back to Dallas, oh, we the, the, it really is becoming a kind of meme, though. Rudy had a goal call back. <laughs> he said yeah, it didn't even need VAR, but it wasn't VAR. It uh, wasn't VAR. It was just the referee actually. And you can ask Colin this. I called it right away uh-huh. from the stands. It's true. You should be on the field. I should have been shirt. Everyone turned around like, oh, you did it, you did it. I'm like, yeah. Did you guys see me when, when Dallas had the corner on our end? Uh, I was shouting at Urudi from the Capo stand. Urudi, VAR, it's coming to get you. Urudi, VAR, you're going to get called back again. And he kind of like did a slight like body like. <laughs> 
little bit of a turn towards me and then stopped himself. Uh, nah, man, it's not worth it. <laughs> you know, you know I want to jump up there. Nah, he, man, it's not worth it. Don't you know do that it. he heard you. That's a new one he hasn't heard before. He's like, oh, that. Because like, these soccer players <laughs> don't usually get, let uh, cheers get to them. But they heard that before and it was a little different. Speaking of which, I am really disappointed with the Dark Clouds in a way that I have never been disappointed with them before. Because you guys had arguably the greatest chant I have ever heard <laughs> since Lance Lance Underpants. <laughs> and it didn't catch on, okay? We were just yelling at Jesse to give us his girl. Yeah. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Do you see a Jesse's girl? I don't even know who Jesse's girl is, but I'm pretty sure that Abut and Lottie now has her after both <laughs> times. So that was dirty. Oh uh, yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. So was Abut and Lottie's. Yeah, no, that, that's what I'm saying. That's, that was that's done. What he was saying, he did it dirty. Yeah, it was it was it was beautiful. Uh, Dallas gets a straight red for a challenge on Shuttleworth. That man, I think it's written into his contract that he gets clattered every single. Can we game. like put out a rule in the MLS like, hey, stop teaching our goalkeeper. It's yeah. been four times this year now. Pretty sure part of that scouting trip that Manny is taking is also researching adamantium so we can infuse <laughs> it into Bobby Shuttleworth's skeleton. The, the first in their list is for like goalkeeper traits like, how strong is his face? <laughs> so Alex, so, so uh, uh, Tap, our new signing from Atlanta, really strong face probably. We yeah. can probably bet on that. And he's yeah. back, right? He's, he's back from Pittsburgh. He is apparently. I don't know if his loan ended or we just retalled him. I don't know why. I mean, wait. Those US loans are basically just it, the soonest that you can get a plane ticket back, you can take off. So, yeah, yeah what you're saying is the USL is a Mickey Mouse league. <laughs> I, by the way, I have some uh, gifts over there from a Mr. NASL on the table oh, for you. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Ah, uh, they smell like really bad, like 1980s cologne, though. What? <laughs> that uh. is what gifts from the NASL would smell like, right? Like horrible musk. <laughs> it says we can't, we can't cash these checks for another two months, though. <laughs> and why do they have the Fort Lauderdale Strikers logo on them? <laughs> Wait, guys, this is all just Fort Lauderdale Strikers memorabilia. <laughs> We've been had. No, wait, we own the team now. <laughs> We've still been oh, had. This is bullshit. <laughs> hey, by the way, did you know that Chris Wright, our new CEO at Minnesota United, is a former Minnesota Strikers employee too? So yeah. Kind of neat. Anyway, uh, moving along. Good game. Uh, one bit of news from the team. Minnesota United announced that they've parted ways with goalkeeping coach Marius Ravdi. The announcement was a bit ominous in the fact that it was two sentences. Uh, we don't actually know what's going on. The Vancouver announcers, when we played them in Vancouver, mentioned that he had left the team, which kind of took us all by surprise because we hadn't heard anything. But mm-hmm. uh, Marius, before he came to Minnesota, was in Vancouver, so they know him pretty well over there. Um, he had been away from the team since for uh, two weeks since the Vancouver game. And right. for quote-unquote personal reasons and uh, like at least wish him well or like thank you for your service for Mr. United at least do thank something thank you for making Bobby Shuttleworth into Bobby Shuttleworth yeah yeah and I what did you do to his face because it's indestructible let's put it this way we, we may never find out exactly what personal and this could be a lot of like really innocuous things right like whenever it's personal reasons I really don't want to know like I, I don't, we don't care need to. we don't need to I'm, and, I'm and, happy to just let it go. And I'm happy to also mention that he made a huge difference for our team through his coaching. So I was really happy to have him here. We will miss him going forward. But let's now move into talking about the rest of Major League Soccer and its games from this past week in a segment that we call The Major Listing Service. Now, first game, um, 
midweek. Uh, this team... Um, well, Atlanta beat LA, okay? 4-0. Like, it happened. Uh, I, I'm reading it right here. It happened. I'm just saying LA is a terrible team. So, who cares? And Atlanta, Atlanta, it must be said, their attendance took a huge drop between their two games this week. Um, massive, massive disappointing drop uh, for uh, Atlanta. And wait, wait. They're, they're... Megatron's butthole was able to make a drop? <laughs> I thought it was permanently <laughs> clenched. <laughs> so, so all, all I'm saying is Atlanta, you know, not so hot right now. You know, just uh, kind of on the down low, downswing. I mean, they only went down to fifty thousand people, which is I thought a, it was like a lot. forty-one, maybe. Eh, I don't know. Uh, midweek though, Atlanta for I am obligated now to point out San Angeles to zero. Tarped off their top levels. I was hoping one of you would point out, and I wouldn't have the ignominy of pointing out that that the drop in attendance wasn't their fault. I didn't even notice. Uh, anyway, it's because they won't sell uh, those tickets for. But those yeah, Atlanta's doing well. They LA is terrible. Uh, Jermaine yeah. Jones was sent off in the first half for a stamp on Vialba. He was already responsible for at least one goal. So do they really care that they're down to 10 <laughs> They actually played better when Jermaine was off. off. They played better right. with him off the field. Let, let's also talk about the fact that Atlanta, Atlanta also had a man sent a violent team. Horrible people. <laughs> just the worst. You know, if anyone just their hands on this podcast when you're down there next, next Tuesday, you, you should be careful, Dash. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm worried about you, bud. <laughs> I am going to be in Atlanta for our game when Minnesota plays them. Um, Atlanta, though, command performance. What else can we say? The the goals coming from the usual suspects in this game. Yeah. Uh, uh, moving. A, yes, just want to say Brandon Bachelor sent off. Uh, I think there's a clear red card. Um, they're up for nothing. Atlanta fans are booing the ref incessantly. Who cares? You're, right. you're obviously better than L.A., even with 10 men on the field, because they also have 10 men. You're going to win. There's eight minutes left. You could put Brad Gazan against 11 Galaxy players, and they'd all knock it, like, high and wide <laughs> for... 11 Giassi's artists. Exactly. So, uh, moving along to the, the huge shock, and this week was actually filled with pretty big shocks, which we'll get to. Including this, the Minnesota game, to be honest. Big shot for most Yeah, let's, let's be honest. Yep. Uh, this one, I think, was the single biggest shock of the week. Montreal defeating Toronto 5-3. to And not just... I mean, that scoreline makes it look like it was kind of a tough, hard-fought game, but Montreal pretty much commanding this game, taking a 3-0 lead. And then coming back every time Toronto knocked a goal in. At yeah. BMO, no less, too. Yeah. Um, three goals inside the first 24 minutes for Montreal. <laughs> the first goal we have to talk about because it was so terrible, I guess. Uh, back, back pass to Alex Bono, the goalkeeper. Goes to clear it right into Piatti and it goes right into the goal. Off his butt. <laughs> Off his yeah, butt. Like, Just, who, who's the guy who scored like a... a a hip thrust. Oh, goal. that was Wondolowski. Yeah. 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 Also I mean, in the blue blue and black kit. So, yeah. there we go. I was going to go with, like, the Mark Sanchez butt fumble, but... But that's the opposite of that, because that actually yeah. was good for his team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, no Jovinko and no Josie for Toronto, which um, might have... Some kind of been excuse, but still... Maybe. Yeah. You still went down 3 nothing in the first one for minutes. Uh, Jackson Hamel would add two more... And rapid succession for Montreal in the second half. Nine uh, goals total this year for the 24-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. I think the best one was his second where uh, he kicked the ball off of Chris Mavinga's face and then proceeded to dribble it in pretty much unass- or like unassailed. 
Make sure to watch Donadell's goal from this game. Absolute screamer. I will not be upset if it wins goal of the week. The curve on I that was Ruben-esque. You know, yeah. Come on. I know, I know. Um, some issues are still from Montreal coming through at late. They conceded two goals in rapid succession. So uh, all of their worries not gone, but a command performance. Toronto's Vozo continued through the weekend when New England defeated them 2-1. At this point, it is... Maybe appropriate to ask whether a team that has only lost five go- games this entire season is in crisis. Toronto. Um, I mean, that's the narrative we. Sh- I think most people are taking right now. We should be right we should while be, we yeah. have the chance. While they're oh, we'll while they're down. Hey, hey! Um, American soccer analysis's most recent run of simulations currently have Toronto as a ninety nine point seven nine percent likelihood to win the shield that is after down. those two losses. That is down. It is down <laughs> from one hundred percent. If anyone is used to doing probabilistic if, statistics uh, and it, saw a one hundred percent Monte Carlo. If you if you meet a Toronto fan, make sure to ask them if they're okay. If you are a Toronto and, uh, fan, you're probably gonna be fine. It's terrible, okay. terrible, terrible New England Patriots football lines and end zone markings at the Gillette Stadium feel during this game uh, reminded me of watching old school FC Edmonton matches when we have to put up with those horrible uh, it reminded me of lines. watching Miami FC matches that's what now yeah exactly uh, Lee Wynn coming off the bench in this game he has started 182 of the 187 games he has appeared in in MLS his last bench appearance was in 2015 Maybe he should come off the bench more often because he started the scoring off of the bench. Yeah. Really, only watch the last 10 minutes of this game. That was the only part that provided anything of actual value. Houston traveled to Connecticut to beat Connecticut State FC 1-1. Do you say beat? Yeah, because they were running and playing in their home stadium. So really, it's a victory for Houston. <laughs> That's probably uh, true. Uh, right from the start. It's but- weird to see an MLS neutral site game. Yeah, uh, this is Davia's first game back from his uh, international, international duty injury. Um, you know the score sheet, but uh, Matthew Morales scored. Not, yeah, Matthew Morales scored for uh, mm-hmm. for uh, NFCFC. Houston's goal, however, controversy. Um, this followed outside of the box. Uh, someone who apparently is like Ibsen and loves nothing more than a f- quick free kick grabs the ball, tries to slow it down as much as possible, and kicks it. Ball is still moving. Shouldn't have counted. Houston scores on that on that play. I'm just Catches saying. New York City off. I'm sorry, Connecticut off guard. You should be on the pitch as a referee. I sh- have I you? T- I can't handle that kind of abuse. You'd be better than Ted Uncle, I think. Uh, you know, until they like doxed you, and then you know you'd have to like take it up. I should never. I should never Orlando go to Orlando. Supporters. Yeah, no, exactly. yeah, no Orlando games, please. Wilmer Cabrera, Houston's head coach, took a bit of a gamble with his lineup that really paid off. He got rid of his regular front three and started uh, Manota as a striker with uh, Vincente Sanchez, Alex, and Thomas Martinez playing behind him, which is a little non-traditional for Houston. Paid off uh, with with getting the goal for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, you basically had a a midfield instead of a front three. Yeah, yeah. So uh, after this game, New York City FC did clinch the playoff spot. So it's them and Toronto currently with playoff spots guaranteed. Um, Toronto only, continues right now. Toronto continues their disgraceful uh, run of form. Yeah, they should yeah. still be like six at the end of the year. You guys. Oh my god! <laughs> In this actual game, um, shout out to Tyler Derrick for having a, a really good resulting seventy three minutes. DC United in another shock defeat beat San Jose four. Nil. You mean 
Patrick Mullins for <laughs> San Jose. Yeah. Uh, Ariola had at least two great crosses that he wasn't. <laughs> Shut up. I'm doing it twice. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm 25. I'm Tim Vote. I'm an adult. Yeah, and I'm laughing at the word Ariola. Admittedly, at least this is what's wrong with room. America. Right. Paul Ariola getting at least millennials. two great crosses uh, to Patrick Mullins and. Um, Uncredited assists on those. And Mullins became the first player to score goal four goals in an MLS match since Jeff Cunningham did it for FC Dallas in 2009. And the 31-minute stretch Mullins required was the shortest needed for any four-goal scoring um, Ben Olsen, Dave, Steve Clark is first starting goal, um, leaving a healthy Bill Hamid on the bench. Um, normally, Weird this would be fine, but... I, uh, Bill Hamid's contract is up at the end of the season, and Eintracht Frankfurt from the Bundesliga were over to uh, Stout Bill Hamid and they found out he wasn't playing mm-hmm. and the thing is if you're going to start a different goalkeeper with your uh, we kind of touched on this with the whole Tarbell bring him in, uh, situation last week why not start your young goalkeeper who you don't really know what he can pull or what he can do Steve Clark is a known quantity he's 31 years old his quality in MLS is known by coaches around the Everyone. league um, why not go for your 18, 19 year old goalkeeper and see what he can do yeah, Tarbell speaking of which was not great for San Jose. I mean, admittedly, not four nil game, no. and uh, there was one free kick by, of course, Pat Mullins, who which he could have arguably pushed and saved pretty well, much better than he did. Uh, DC controlled the match in the first half, but couldn't finish the 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 ball, and then of course Mullins comes in the second half, scores four goals. Uh, Philadelphia again in another shock upset, beat Chicago Fire three one. Schweiny's still out, so is that really as big of a shock? The fire got one shot on goal in the entire first half. Uh, Pani shot his first and second goal of the season, and then uh, Al Sapong um, scored and did a namaste celebration. Yeah, I don't know why he did that. He went up to the supporters and did a did a nice. Maybe nice he's really into yoga, yoga now. Yeah, like yeah, maybe, maybe he's learning Hindi. I don't know. I don't know. El Sapong. Um, um, yeah, Philly really took apart. Fire defense. Um, we're in control, even though Fire pulled them back late. Never really looked like getting back into the, into the game. Columbus beat the Red Bulls 3-2. to two. The crew are now undefeated in seven straight games and one point behind third-placed Chicago. Bum, uh, bum, bum. The Fire, though, have a game in hand, and the Red Bulls are in a pretty big slump at the moment. They're winless in six games, and that doesn't include the U.S. Open Cup final, yeah. which we'll talk about in a second. Ooh. Jonathan Mensah, I think, has basically shown that his value is only as a offensive weapon rather than as his actual position. Center back um, scored off a fantastic curling free kick from Pipa Higuain, who assisted on all three of nice. the crew goals. RSL beat Seattle 2-0, and at this point, I think it's it's pretty... Fair to say that Mike Petke has completely turned around Real Salt Lake. Absolutely. Like, they were a completely different team when we played them at home for our first one. They're much more competent on the ball. Their offense is just clicking. And uh, Albert Rusnak has really become a revelation for this team. And Luke Mulholland had a great game. Luke Mulholland. Except. I'd say uh, no, they're good. We do have to point out he scored a goal and then planted his knees while trying to skid across the ground in celebration. <laughs> and then face planted. Luke Mulholland. Pretty fantastic. sure after that his pants were Actually, uh, 
Mike Petrie actually he wants to hand off some PowerPoint uh, pictures of my <laughs> of Mulholland celebration to point out where it all went wrong. So I'm gonna pass it out to you guys. Wait, wait, wait. The printer didn't work. We didn't get half those. So let's keep <laughs> going with the podcast before we come back to that celebration issue. Seattle ended a 13 game unbeaten streak, and if you look into some of the context, it's pretty bad because they. Tied FC Dallas, who then, of course, went on to get pumped by Minnesota United FC. And before that, they had only managed to tie L.A., uh, that says so it all. what you're saying is Seattle in crisis. I think so. I think so. Along with it, just about everybody else that we've talked about so far. <laughs> Everyone in crisis. Speaking of crisis teams, Colorado got beat by Vancouver in Vancouver at BC Place. Colorado, 2-1. Colorado crisis. is your crisis team. They've been a crisis team all season. Maybe, I mean, dude, like... When does it stop being a crisis and just start being a normal chronic norm. problem? Yeah, it's just the norm now to be terrible. So, but then what would their crisis be? Like, their players stop showing up for the match? <laughs> like, the mascot has to play? They call, like, Strando supporters in and... Which, by the way, the, it, there was a game in uh, League uh, that both of us saw the video to uh, where a fan before kickoff with all the players <laughs> yes. on the pitch was yes. invited. I saw that to, as well, and it was fantastic. He was allowed to take the ball and okay. run it up to the goal and shoot. He actually scores and then pulls his shirt over his head to celebrate. Smart guy did not take it off, didn't get the yellow card from the referee. Mm-hmm. So um, He was sent off anyway. He didn't play the game at all. So I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so in this game, by winning, Vancouver go top of the Western Conference. Their form, I mean, the rise of Jordi Reyna is the rise of the Vancouver Whitecaps. He's so good. Um, He assists on one goal, scores the other, and... There's no, he's there's so, always been, he's so good. He's yeah. doing, playing so well right so, now. So Vancouver versus Toronto, MLS Cup. That'd be, I would... Can we do a best of seven? Because that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I would love to watch a best of seven of that. I mean... It, that said, Freddie Montero has also been on a decent streak as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Reina has just been everywhere for them. He's a fantastic attacker. And credit to the, the rest of their team too. Ustad has been fantastic in goal for them. Yeah. Um, Except for when he got megged in this game. But other than that, he played pretty well. <laughs> Remember when you say things like, "Well, other than that, this goalkeeper had a good game." They get benched <laughs> while they're fully healthy, like Bellamy, <laughs> one-inch starter from European teams. It's it's a hundred percent proven. So instead of being a referee, you're actually a scout for Eintracht Frankfurt. SKC beat LA Galaxy two. Goals to one. Uh, the big, big piece of news from this game that came out about a half hour before kickoff, though, was that Giassi Zardes had been placed into the lineup at right back. Zardes himself in a post-game interview explaining, I was surprised when I saw my name in the lineup in that position. <laughs> I think one of the tweets was like, he trained there a couple times in the past few months. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He showed every bit of... Jossi Zardes is a right back? What in the actual fuck during this game? It was astounding <laughs> how much worse Jossi Zardes could possibly be I mean, out of position. <laughs> this might be just Sagi Schmidt trying to infuse comedy into the game because, I mean, there's no way LA is going to win, so you might as well have a little bit of fun losing. <laughs> the only person who didn't question this move was uh, actually Jurgen Twisman. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Just, well, just terrible. Um, LA did have one good moment. Alessandrini did score off a great, free great free kick. He's been their one, really their one bright shining star this entire season. Um, it's surprising that they don't have another four surprising stars. Oh wait, you, that's you mean right. two? Santos doesn't mean star. 
Right. I, I, I thought we'd clear that. But okay. Uh, Saloy scored in this game and then got the game winner in the US Open Cup final for SKC. So mm-hmm. big week for him. Especially because uh, his parents were in town from Hungary. Yeah. Uh, so Montreal on a hot streak decided to travel to Atlanta because, you know, that's what you do when you're doing well, I guess. I guess who, which other team would be stupid enough to do that soon? <laughs> anyway. Um, and then Atlanta beat Montreal 2 0. Like I said, attendance way down. Way down down for Atlanta. Uh, um, and you know really, what's going to go way down? Everybody's fitness, especially after Miguel Almiron goes off injured 17 minutes in with a hamstring problem where he's out, quote, at least three weeks. And this is something that uh, Tata Martino needs to address. Um, he's been playing the starters for every single game. They had the issue with uh, um, Mercedes-Benz Arena getting built. It's all their... their Schedule is congested in this part of, this, of the season, and they're playing home games, like two home games a week, and he's not rotating. That shouldn't cause injury. McDonald Rose not to be the first player to go down with injury. Um, luckily, it wasn't that severe. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a hamstring injury. We see we saw that Ramirez is out with that for a little while in this, in for us, and Adi is still out for, with that for Portland. Um, more players are going to go down for Atlanta, and. Tata needs to learn how to rotate his squad and put trust in his depth. Terrible coach. Just the worst. He's having terrible... I, I didn't, I didn't say that. Yeah. Uh, I, will, I, I will say this. No, no, no. Just, just yeah. accept it. Just accept it. Let me, let well, me, let me say it out okay, loud. Fine, you know, okay, fine. Okay, fine. delude myself. Um, Portland beat Orlando 3-0 in the last game of the weekend. I watched this game live. Darren Maddox had hit the, the game of his life. <laughs> I mean, he was just doing one thing. Like, you know, uh, Seth Rogen's character in Knocked Up. He just has one move. You know, the, the rolling dice uh, dance oh, move. Oh, God. He has, he's doing the dice again. Yeah. Except for Darren Maddox was actually able to score. Oh wait, that's right. Seth no, Rogen Seth was Rogen. able to score yeah, during that game. The movie. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole basis of the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, damn it. Maddox did get the goal. He also managed to get a penalty when Jonathan Spector brought him down inside the box. Valeri getting his 19th goal of the year. He'd go on to get his 20th later in this game, including, by the way, uh, being brought down again by Jonathan Spector, who then got his red card just later in the game. Idiotic play by Spector. Two minutes after halftime, you have to know that you're on a yellow card, and he just runs into Valeri without and Not, late and it's you'd just think if you went to the academy in Manchester United you'd learn how to not do that uh not the only red card for Orlando, who had even more issues when the personal computer, Victor error, Giro. Error, error, elbow. screen of death. My, my, screen former, elbow. my former favorite NASL player who had forgotten place for Orlando this year <laughs> came on and then about, maybe about a minute later, managed to elbow Diego Chara in the face. Admittedly, a soft elbow, but Chara being Chara goes down, you know, calls on stretchers, ambulances come, helicopters land. Oh, he was airlifted out of there. Yeah, yeah I, was... he's in the ICU for months. On end after I that. hear Portland's going to have uh, shirts to say uh, Courage Chara on them. Exactly. Um, exactly. Game. Uh, By the way, why did nobody wear a Courage Call-In shirt to the game? Uh, I, I didn't watch. You, yeah, you, you were there. You were fine, man. I know, yeah. but like we I didn't advertise I was going to the game. Like you, you could have. You, you messaged right, me right. on Facebook. Okay. We, we, we can take a break Whatever, right man. now and uh, go make <laughs> those shirts, and then we'll return with the rest of news from American soccer and news from all over the rest of the world.
Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. Before we go into our next segment, I want to give a shout out to PRO referee Matt Nelson, who wrote an article for OutSports coming out um, as gay. And, I, you know, big ups to him. It, it takes a lot for someone in the spotlight like that, especially when his fellow referees have faced a little bit of harassment this year uh, for different issues. But still, it, it takes a little bit to come out and say things like this. In a pro sports environment, it's a really good thing for people to come out and uh, it, it encourages other people around them to also do the same. So big ups to Matt Nelson. I encourage you to go read his article on uh, out sports. Another and, reason why referees do not deserve the abuse that we give them. And he said that the reason, one of the reasons he came out was to help others Mm-hmm. Which is one of the best reasons to do anything. Exactly. Exactly. And, and uh, so let, let's move now into a segment that we call The Pyramid Scheme. Let's make like Egyptians and talk about the rest of the United States soccer pyramid. U.S. Open Cup news. The final was last week. SKC beat the Red Bulls 2-1. to one. Uh, Something that I did not understand was that MLS played two games on the same night. Why would you compete for eyeball? <laughs> They were really um, worried about FC Miami and uh, Cincinnati com- competing and getting to the final. <laughs> no, don't watch them. Watch us. But yeah, and NASL, you know, the, the, the gift from the striker speaking here, of course. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get into this, but if you assume a conspiracy with USSF, you're okay. probably wrong. Um, <laughs> 2 1 win for SKC. Hashtag. Blessed. Latif Blessing scores off a Zussi cross. Like I mentioned before, Daniel Saloy gets the game winner. B.W. Bush manages to get a consolation goal. Uh, many times in this game, he just looked really sad and upset. And, and like He was like, I don't understand what's happening. Why is this going on in my life right now? He's a very expressive face is what I'm saying. Um, because I mean, because your team isn't very good at the moment. That's why BWP. Yeah. Ryan Mara did make some good saves, though, as their goalkeeper. Yeah, did kind of make a howler on um, Chaloui's goal, but yeah, overall, uh, decent shift for him. No, the sudden goal, uh, he, had, he got a, barely got a foot to it. He just had enough to do it to uh, sneak it past uh, Mara for the yeah. goal. I don't blame Mara that much on that goal. I blame him for how far he came out, but whatever. NASL news now from actual soccer games and not lawsuits. Uh, Miami beating Jacksonville three goals to zero. Uh, noted former loon Stefano Pino opened the scoring. And then, Again. Uh, yeah. Um, so good. So, so good this year. Jaime Chavez then got two goals in the last 10 minutes. Nine goals in six. Jaime Chavez. Holy mother of God. God, he's been good for years. I mean, uh, when are we going to see him get a look in MLS? That's you a little bit more wonder serious. that maybe what like uh, players like Luke Mulholland, Ben Sweat, Christian Ramirez, Brent Coleman, Ibsen, Ibarra, players who come from the lower leagues, mm-hmm. NSL, and like Kevin Molino and Dom Dwyer. If MLS seems to like wake up and finally say, "Oh wait, we should probably look at these players and see if they're playing really well." This Stefano Pino player, maybe you should bring him up and have him store a hatchery against Minnesota. It's totally going to happen, isn't it? I mean, let, let's put it this way. Chavez was is 30 now. He's played for that Cal FC team that Winalda coached. He's been at the Silverbacks, and now he's playing for Miami. Um, until he started playing for Miami, I don't think he's probably making the big bucks. So uh, this is a guy, I think, who could do a job for an MLS team as a oh, yeah. player. There's plenty of teams yeah. that need a either a backup striker or just an attacker that can be plugged in and score goals when needed. Right. Yeah. And to that credit, 
the top three scorers in the NASL right now all play for Miami. Stefano Pino, Jaime Chavez, and Enzo Ranella. <laughs> so you're saying they're good. I'm saying they've they got should a be chance. promoted. They should be promoted. No, Ricardo. Let's send LA Galaxy down. Stop, Ricardo. <laughs> I mean, at this point, why not just make them Beckham's expansion, right? Anyway, Cosmos got beat by North Carolina Texas Ranger. Two goals, two nil. <laughs> Cosmos are uh, Collins Atlanta, basically. Um, Goals for um, Renan Garnet and Austin Deleuze. Um, Deleuze is on fire. Deleuze we don't need the water. Fire. Let that motherfucker... Sorry. Anywho, <laughs> um, North Carolina FC's next home game will feature the first 3,000 fans getting a Nazmi Albadawi jersey. Nice. And we Thoughts on what that, that means for his 2018 season? Does that burr, mean that they're clearing burr. out all of the speculations? Speculations. Speculation. Or does that? Who knows? I thought we were going into the conspiracy segment later, man. Well, let's move on to USL news now. It's not Reno nine one one this week. It's Reno six one Timbers two. Reno now hold the season scoring record in USL history. You want to guess how many goals they have? Any guess? Uh, Any guess? 11 T. Nope. 65? You are four away, my friend. Is it 69? It's 69 goals. Nice. (laughs) It's you guys so much. (laughs) Nice. Noted former loon, Mac Pridham was on the score sheet. Okay. Yeah, Mackenzie Pridham, he was with us, I think, in 2014. He played one game against the Cosmos for uh-huh. the Loons. If you're, like if you're listening and you're part of the Reno um, USL side at all, you cannot score another goal for the rest of the season. That is a no. rule. Absolutely. <laughs> Unless you hit up all the way up to 420, then you can start goals. But you have to make that benchmark. It's going to be tw- quite a... Track. Sadly, that number is going to come up again a little bit later. <laughs> Let's move on now to a segment that we call The Sewer. In the Sewer segment, we catch up with Master Splinter and his Ninja Turtles, the NTs. Before we go in, I just want to point out. Yes? Can we start calling Bruce Arena Master Splinter? That's actually a good idea. We should. And I just want to point out that pause occurred because Caleb raised his hand and I paused to like <laughs> I'm a, think I'm a, about whether I was going to cut. This doesn't really work on a podcast <laughs> that's that's audio. This only. is great for an audio medium is raising <laughs> hands and calling on people. <laughs> well, uh, yes. next notch, you were saying? Next week is going to be a pivotal moment in this podcast history. Also a pivotal moment in my friendship with David Zeller from The Daves I Know. Uh, if you haven't noticed on Twitter, we've had hilarious banter going on because the first ever we call it soccer derby that involves all three of us is going to happen when the U-17 U.S. national team faces up against the India U-17 national team. <laughs> Maybe Colin will finally win a we call it soccer derby. Oh, fuck <laughs> you, man. <laughs> That was fucking cold-blooded. Even I have to like give it up to you, even though that implies that I'm gonna lose, which I'm not. You are coming to the land of spice, gentlemen. You and your uh, bland mashed potatoes are gonna meet up with some spicy Rogan Gosh. I had curry last week. 
that I made myself. It was delicious. I bet it wasn't even like stomach curdlingly spicy. Well, our boys are going to come up it there. It was medium. And they're going to mash your potatoes on the pitch 10 days from now when India thrashes the United States 17 to nil because y'all are an under seven. T- I, I don't know where I'm going. Wouldn't with be 16, I'm really bad at this banner. Yeah. yeah I, I'm really bad I at mean, banner. To be fair, most of them are 17. So I mean, it's it pretty, would be 17 instead of 16. But I mean, it's pretty weak because you're going to lose notch. You know this. Right, come on, no, um, no. Josh literally Sargent. Pulisic is on this team. <laughs> I like to know so yeah, literally. no, I was talking about Josh Sargent. So. No, I was just, I was listing them off. I said Josh Sargent already. You're oh, okay. uh, not quite legal man crush. We're going back there, huh? Like <laughs> we're going back to some dark times we shouldn't talk about. Uh, so. Well, we, we, we'll catch you up we on the U-17 right? World Cup when it happens, and uh, we'll report on India's glorious victory in the game against the United ha. States at some other time. Let's now move on to a segment we call The Pub, where we hop into a plane and go off to a pub in England and talk about, of course, what else? English soccer, the Queen, the Royal Family, and everything else English. Which pub are we going to this week, guys? This week, we're going to the Bald Eagle and Stout Belgian. Kind of on the nose, isn't it? A little bit, a little bit. I mean, uh, first of all, let's go to the Bald Eagle, um, or the Bald Eagle side. Man City, coached by Pep Guardiola, who looks kind of like Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. Yeah, I see where you're going. Not with that, as yeah. much as Arsene Wenger does, but okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm Bald Eagle, let's just go with it. And funny story, they beat a team with a big bird on the uh, logo. Uh, they beat Man City, beat Crystal Palace 5 0. Man City at this point have scored more goals in Derby County it did in 2007-2008. Derby County have the lowest goals in a season in Premiership history. They were the first club in Premiership history to be relegated in March and only the second in post-war English Football League history. The first Premiership club, I, I meant to say, yeah. relegated in March. Now, there were two Americans... On this Derby County Ooh. squad. Now, I want you to try to guess who they were. If you're listening to this podcast, pause it and guess yourself and like yell it at your earbuds. Raise your hand. We'll Raise call your us. hand. We'll call on you. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I'm fairly certain Jay Demerit was one of them. Nope. Ah, damn it. Um, um, then I have no fucking clue. One of them still plays. Uh, and did sometimes. The, hmm? Did the Marcus Beasley ever play overseas? No. He played overseas. He didn't play for Derby. One of them Um, ended his career in 2010 with the LA Galaxy. Oh, Oh, damn it. Also played for Leeds United, Preston North End, Fulham. Oh, shit. That guy. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's the one. Oh, no, no. no, I regrettably named that guy. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I was referring to Eddie Lewis. Yeah. Okay. And the other one sends sarcastic tweets anytime something bad happens to Jurgen Klinsmann. Jonathan Klinsmann? Benny Failhaber, man. Benny Failhaber. Yep, Benny Failhaber and Eddie Lewis on that historically bad Derby County squad, who only scored 20 goals in their season. Man City at this point this year have 21. And Derby County in in 07-08 had a goal differential of negative 69. Nice. 
Not uh, nice. Tweet us what you think the negative sign in that would be. Okay. Trust me, I already know what it is. Man U getting a 1-0 result against Southampton. Jose Mourinho sent to the stands after encroaching on the pitch one too many times. Lukaku continues scoring for United. It's almost like he's a good player, but let's not let that get to his head. Uh, Liverpool only managed to beat Leicester by one goal. Only? Three two. This is our this is our mo. Winning by one goal and a high scoring game. Come on, that's Liverpool all the way. What is with Liverpool's defense? Like Matt It doesn't exist. Who cares? No, we're gonna win like three two, four three, six five. That did all not year. happen today in the Champions League, as we'll get to. We're just thought, let's not talk about it right now. But Coutinho did get two goals this week. He did. Um, and the goal in the Leicester game, amazing free kick. The the announcer called it. When I was watching NBC Sports Live, I don't know who was announcing, but like this is perfect distance for Coutinho, and he just, as soon as he said that, ran up, kicked it, curled it right in the top corner, uh, perfect free kick. Uh, but the stout Belgian, Mignolet, gave away a penalty. Um, it wasn't a penalty, but he did it so awkwardly that he it looked like a penalty. Um, he ended up saving Jimmy Vardy's attempt on goal. So stout Belgian saves the penalty mm-hmm. after conceding two goals. But let's it's, move on. It's, it's too bad that said game did not actually happen on Twin Cities Airwaves because Carol Evan decided to air nature documentaries during it. Oh, Chelsea beat Stoke 4-0. Morata, Alvaro Morata getting a hat-trick, shutting the critics up. It, it, he's been so good. He, Although it's it's not fair. It's, 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 it's just stop having the best players go to Chelsea. Watch his, or I should say Chelsea's second goal because it involves some phenomenal skill. Morata running uh, past two Southampton uh, Stoke defenders, including Darren Fletcher. He scores off an awkward position. He's basically <laughs> kicking with his right foot running down the left side. Incredible technique. Uh, watch Thierry Henry's analysis of this goal. It'll kind of show you just because he slows it down and just show you how awesome it is. Antonio Conte might be leaving in a court, uh, might be leaving England soon in a court that he gave to Marzano. Let's move on to Arsenal, who beat West Bromwich Albion two goals to nil. Goal line clearance for Nacho Monreal, um, probably the best defensive part of this game because it's a Tony Pula side. He's keeping it real. Yeah. Um, brace for Lacazette. Um, he scored in each of his home EPL games has the longest streak in Arsenal history. Very nice. In the championship, Millwall are doing quite well, which is... Boo! I I don't know much about Millwall. All I know is from Black Books when the Millwall fans are skinheads and beat up Dylan Moran. Yeah, they are. That's all you need to know about It's kind of a right-wing club known for violent supporters, so I'm not so happy to see them doing well. Uh, In other news, AFC Wimbledon refused to acknowledge the the existence, I should say, of MK Dons. They were referred to in their stadium as just MK. They refused to allow the word Dons, which refers to Wimbledon, be used by a team that is 56 miles away from Wimbledon. Exactly. And then you can read all about the history and drama on Wikipedia. Let's move now into a segment that we call They Don't Call It Soccer. In brackets, some do, though, where we talk about uh, sports from the rest of the world. Let's make another quick stop in the Bundesliga. Our Bayern Munich are struggling. Uh, they tied Wolfsburg 2-2. Uh, first time since August 2008 that Bayern have gone 2-0 up in a Bundesliga home game and failed to win. 
Let's now move on to news from the Champions League. Liverpool tying Spartak Moscow 1-1. Disappointing result don't, in Russia. I don't know how to feel about this. It's it's an away fixture. They're always, they're always tougher. Um, but we played well, just couldn't finish is mm-hmm. the thing. And that's kind of the, been the... the um, the kind of the the, the theme, MO. The theme the in uh games against teams that kind of defend from the back and no no Mo is their player, Mo Salah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah he didn't oh, store in this game. Yeah. Man City uh, beat uh Shakhtar Donetsk 2-0 in Manchester. Manchester United playing tomorrow in Russia. Many other fixtures coming up soon. Uh Spurs beat Apoel Nicosia 3-0. Harry Kane scores his sixth hat trick of twenty seventeen. Yeah, you That's do a lot that against a Cypriot team. Is he, uh, um, is he tied or like more... Does he have more than Justin Martinez? Have we checked that? <laughs> I don't no, know. actually, you know that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously Martinez complete rubbish if he doesn't uh, match <laughs> Harry Kane. Thank you for giving me that talking point. I, I will use it that way, quite a bit. Real Madrid beating Dortmund 3-1. to Modric gets a yellow for counting the distance between the ball and the wall on a free kick. To the ball, to the wall, to the wall. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the opposite, man. Oh, God. Uh, we really need to bring this shit show to an end. Um, finally, I just want to point out, fans, soccer fans, have a, have a propensity to protest their teams. Uh, gosh, just go to my Twitter feed anytime Minnesota United are doing poorly. But there's a, there are fans of a 6th division Brazilian team named Ibis who protested that their team had a three-game winning streak, which is one off the club record of four games uh, won in a row. They're, they went almost four years without a win back in the 1980s? Wait, so they don't want their team to win. They are the I was very self, confused when I saw this. Self-styled worst team in the world. And they're proud of this? They literally had signs that said, we want defeats and uh, replace the director or the coach. Oh, was it defeats or are they, do they all have uh, foot fetishes? I don't know. No. Okay. God, it's, <laughs> this podcast has gone on hours too long uh, if you're making that kind of joke. I just want to point out one thing before we move on. They have a former player and now current mega fan and father of a current player named... Mauro Shampoo, who runs a hair salon and has wonderful hair. Is that his actual name? Is Shampoo? Yeah, Mauro Shampoo. What's his is his, is his store called? Mauro Shampoo. I don't well? know, but apparently, apparently during the World Cup in Brazil, some American fans like sought out his hair salon because he'd kind of got like you know this Ibis worst team in the world legend had got off and they got out and they knew that this guy existed, so they wanted to go to his hair salon. I mean, um, you already mentioned foot fetishes now you're saying got off like I, 69, I'm not 69, getting, 69, yeah. 69 69 69 okay we, we have an episode title oh god i hate <laughs> you guys uh this is how these things work um <laughs> let's now move into a segment that we call the reynolds wrap-up where colin takes a soccer conspiracy theory that you know you've been thinking about and makes sense of it for you so i'm glad that you guys did not really talk about the whole nasl lawsuit that much while i was absent um I will say this, there hasn't been a single statement out of USSF since the lawsuit was actually filed. And it made me really start thinking to myself, what are they hiding by being so silent about all of this? Why won't they say anything? What do they have to hide? Guys, 
After reading the lawsuit, I'm fairly certain I know what they have to hide. You guys ready for this? You guys ready? Absolutely. Let's seek. Lay it on me. See, see, let's seek this information. Though, like, I, I don't know. Hide and seek. I, it's, it's late, guys. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me. Keep going, Carl. You know what they're hiding? Just blow through. Yeah, what? They're hiding the fact that after 10 days of straight fucking laughter, they're unable to actually stand up anymore. Their abdominal muscles have completely been shot because they are doubled over laughing at the hagiography hey of of that fucking NASL lawsuit that makes it seem as though the reason that NASL has been so terribly maligned is because of any sort of actions exogenic from how bad... That is way too bad for me right now. Sorry for the SATs I hear. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeez, sorry. Please, come on, man. Okay, so so essentially, your this conspiracy theory is NASL is dumb. Ha 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 ha. NASL ha, ha. is so fucking dumb as a result of this lawsuit that I can't even come up with any explanation for their own conspiracies. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, how expensive do you think that lawyer is that they hired for? Oh, here this? we go. Kessler, he's probably taking it pro bono. I mean, he has to enjoy that in order to give up the thousands of dollars that I could have been charging them in order to come up with actually fleshed out conspiracies. Uh-huh. Like, my problem with this lawsuit isn't that they're alleging conspiracies by USSF, blah, blah, blah. Oh. I'm mad oh. that they didn't actually give any sort of fucking evidence. Like, this is lazy. Like, they're trying to find something in Discovery, but I could have actually come up with something Colin, and gotten paid so much more money. Colin, are you just jealous that they didn't ask you? Yeah. To your yeah, I'm really run of great conspiracy theories. I'm, in, that are totally I'm incredibly proven. jealous that's, that that's if legit. they were going the conspiracy theory route. That's, like, that's legit. You're, uh, you're, mean, the, you're the... Uh, I'm the expert. expert. You're the expert on conspiracy yeah. theories in like, soccer. You're, you're absolutely right. They have not even asked me to file a brief. This is what I'm upset about. <laughs> I mean, their, their lawsuit I mean, is two things. I mean, antitrust and conspiracy theories. Yeah, who and knows? They, Maybe they'll ask later. I mean, like, you, you don't know. They, they hired the best antitrust lawyer. They did not hire the best conspiracy theorists. Obviously, this lawsuit will now fail, uh, as will our podcast if we don't end it now. So let's... <laughs> it let's, will fail? Oh, no. We're too know. big to fail. Probably. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell the good people where they can find you on Twitter? I'm at Olson 716 uh, You can also find some of my writings over on 55.1. Uh, you can find me at the attachments. And since I got a new phone, you apparently can't find me on Reddit, which is like totally enriching my life. You can find me at TW United Fans if you want to stock soccer or this podcast. You can also find my personal Twitter at LockStockSpock, where I talk about Star Trek, West Wing, fitness, all sorts of stuff. You can find this podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere. And of course, we love having you recommend our podcast to your friends. Also, make sure to recommend the band Tectonics, whose song Lustless is our intro track. We really do thank them for allowing us to use it. With that, we bid you have a great rest of your day. Goodbye.